Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast exploring irrelevant questions about entertainment, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and check out our Instagram highlights. Things that I will eventually get around to doing. Hopefully soon. Hopefully have already. Yeah. Because this is is coming out. since this was recorded. Yeah. So you have already added your Instagram highlights. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Just like I will have finished that Zack Snyder's Justice League review. Oh my god, that's still not done? Yeah, no, yeah. I told you to schedule me a text two weeks ago, and you sent that promptly, and I had too many things to do that day, and so I set it aside, and then started going back into the office for one of my jobs, and now I don't, don't have any time. back to the office? Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice, it's good, except now my windshield's busted, and I can't drive into the office. That is that is true, that is a thing. Yep. That happened. Yeah, we got hit with a huge hailstorm. Yeah. Uh, three days ago for us. Two days ago for us. Yep. Uh, a week and two days ago for. Week and three days ago for listeners. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Norman's Norman's shaking up. Yep. Matt Preston. It's your episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> we don't do the watch we not do. We did that last week. Go listen to last week if you want to know what we've been doing for the past two weeks. Or I guess the previous two weeks from a week ago. Mm-hmm. Time is weird. Sure is. Isn't it? Yep. So Preston. So Matt. You remember how this podcast started? You and Carter were good friends and talked about uh, movies and TV shows and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then uh, you and Carter decided that um, you needed to spare your friends from having to listen to you guys talk about it. All all. Right. And so you guys started a podcast together. You yeah. and Carter. Yeah. And you did this podcast. And then uh carter went on to bigger and better things and i was the replacement that was like called up from the miners effectively yeah it's really not working out no it's i'm sorry it's a real disappointment i know i'm i'm ashamed of myself nearly as good as carter and i will leave you are man this is great audio humor (laughs) (laughs) and now the curtains are all messed up i know i had them really beautifully done yeah you're pathetic that never happened. That didn't happen. Or but what did if it? it? But what if it did? What if it did? What would the consequences have been? Uh, consequences. Yeah. What would the consequences? Have, yeah, have been. I guess. Yeah. It seems too simple for something like that. No, it's, it's not that complicated. It's just a past tense. Oh, the consequences would probably just be that. I don't know. Would I feel like a an outsider? Would I feel uncomfortable in this hottest of seats? I mean, I do. You it's do a, both. Yes. It's a very uncomfortable <laughs> seat. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, alternate history. We're talking about alternate history. Alternate histories. Things that just uh, didn't, that happened different. Yeah. In the past. What if things happened different and then things were different? What is something, if something in the future of an alternate history is something, alternate history is something that would be okay i really i i started myself on this thought process and now i really need to figure it out it would have been about to happen i have no idea what you just said never mind ignore my joke moving on i'm just gonna drink over here in this corner all right so we're going to talk about alternate histories. Uh, we're going to—I'm going to ask some broad definitional questions, and we'll think about things a little bit. And then we're yeah. going to talk specifically about why Nazis. Why Nazis? Always Nazis. Why not? Why Nazis? Uh... <laughs> but like not S I E S, like Nazis, like 
oopsies or samesies. I have four interesting, well, I have a couple interesting little. <laughs> <laughs> you immediately backed out of that. You're like, I have four interesting. Nah, I have two interesting and two. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I have some interesting little nuggets of information that I came across in my research for this episode that I didn't have an organic wor- way to work in. So Preston, pop quiz time. Oh, great. The first surviving example of an alternate history was written in which year? A, 27 BC. B, 527 AD. C, 1027 AD. D, 1527 AD. Or E, 1827 AD. I'm going to say 1527. Wrong. I'm going to say 27 BC. Right. That's the obvious one. I was going for the renaissance of being like all like artsy and yeah, no, that creative. That would have made a lot of sense. But no, uh, um, a, a guy named Levy um, in the book. Well, the renaissance is still going on in 1527 or was that like? Yeah, that was renaissance. Okay. Yeah. I know because I know my music history. That's the only reason. Fair enough. I know Assassin's Creed and I know that he was around <laughs> during Renaissance Italy, but that was at the beginning of the 1500s. So I don't know if it was the end or. Roughly. Okay. Anyway, uh, Levy wrote a book called Ab Urbe Condita Libri. Um, it's a lot of just history of Rome, basically. Okay. Um, but in it, he had a section where he asked, what if Alexander the Great hadn't died so young? What if he'd gone on to try to conquer Rome? What would have hmm. what, what that happened? He decided Rome probably would have won, would have beat Alexander probably. the Great. Is that right? I don't know. Send us a five-paragraph essay. JustUsLosersPod yeah. at gmail.com. History. Oh, that's an Emily thing. Yep. probably yeah our friend emily who called who corrected us on some mm-hmm. other history stuff yeah emily i'm very intrigued about it do this it again one. do it again alexander the great versus rome yeah smackdown yeah that sounded like it hurt <laughs> that probably picked up in the mics yep. <laughs> okay uh question two of oh, this, no. this pop quiz the first example of an alternate history dealing specifically with a hypothetical axis victory in world war ii was written in which year 1937, 1941, 1945, or 1962? 1910. That's not one of the choices. Unless this is somehow an alternate history where it was one of the choices from 10 What was that last ago. option? 1962. Probably that. I, my, my, my reasoning behind it before you say wrong is mm-hmm. because that probably gave enough time to... What was the one right before it? Uh, 1945. Okay. My reasoning for choosing the one like way after is because mm-hmm. it gave creative minds a chance to see the fallout from World War II mm-hmm. and then choose different things. Because okay. in 1945, it's like, yeah, Hitler won. What now? Like, we're, st- we're here. Yep. That's it. Like, yep. the alternate history is one sentence Hitler won. Let's see what happens. Yep. So, like, that's, that's why I'm going for the late one. It's because it actually gives them... Something mm-hmm. to di- something to change. Mm-hmm. Am I right? 1937. <laughs> we'll get into the definitions. We'll get into the definitions here a little bit. Okay. I'm, playing, I'm, I'm playing a little fast. In this I have <laughs> some problems with this. I think you're pulling some one fi- episode 150 bullshit on my head right now. <laughs> I 
I entirely agree, and I think we should rule this out once we get into the <laughs> definitional question. But 1937... But my logic made sense, did it not? Your logic did make a lot of sense. Okay. 1962 was The Man in the High Castle, probably the oh. first really high-profile okay. example. Um, but an alternate history or alternate, spe- I guess, speculative fiction, you'd call it. Because um, we can literally do that right now. Like, Yeah. Like in 2018, we could say what's going to happen if Donald Trump won the election. That's not really alternate history. That's 2016, just... but again, like, sorry, what if you oh. won re-election? Okay. okay. Like we could, we could speculate all we, mm-hmm. we did. Facebook, that Facebook yeah. was chock full of what happens if Donald Trump wins in 2020. Exactly. That, I don't think that's alternate history. I don't think it is either. Ah! But I just want to, I want to list these answers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make you look dumb. Uh, so yeah. Well, ni- you don't have to do anything to make that happen. <laughs> I know. I know. But I have fun. Uh, yeah, so 1937, uh, Catherine Burdekin wrote a book called Swastika Night, which f- foresaw a future um, where the fascists win. When did um, the Nazis really become like, you know, like the Nazis? Like when was kind of that? I mean, obviously it was a slow yeah, progression, um, but Hitler came into came to power like 32, 33. I was thinking like 35, um, but was Kristallnacht 1936? Uh, I don't know. I I, wanna... I could bullshit a number, but that's going to be wrong. Sorry, Emily. I think it was 1936, but <laughs> not like... even only Emily, but like, yeah, that's, that's a more broader knowledge that I just don't have. Yeah. I'm terrible at dates. I'll be honest, both of the romantic <laughs> nature. and <laughs> Glad you beat me to it. Cause I was going to, I was going to make that more painful. <laughs> 1941, uh, a guy named Henry Volum Morton. This oh, was these the, are ag- the... all of them. Each of these had something. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but the first one was 1937. Um, I, James Blunt, uh, written by Henry Vollum Morton. Um, it was a sort of a diary structured foreseeing of what would happen if the Nazis conquered Britain. And so at that point, that was 1941. Yeah. So America point, was in, uh, probably not because America wasn't in until December, 1941. Oh, I guess that's fair. Um, but the war has been going on for a couple years at yeah. this point. Uh, September 1st, 1939. So the, the world's aware that the Nazis are no good. Yeah. The world's, <laughs> the world's aware before 1939. Right. Um, which is why in 1937, that's when they decided to do something about it. <laughs> well, no, that's when the Nazis decided to do something and invaded oh, Poland true. and the rest of the world was like, yeah, that's probably far enough there, Buster. <laughs> that is, already too far <laughs> and it's in fact one country too many conquered sir <laughs> yep uh yeah 1945 a hungarian guy named laszlo gaspar wrote a book called we adolf the first um just like what if hitler survived and won it's sort of the, oh, that the was royal we. Yeah. yeah so and then yeah 1962 made in the high castle probably the most high profile of the uh at this point, it is an alternate history. Right. I think, probably. We'll talk about the definitions here. Okay. Uh, okay. Question three. I only have four of these. Okay. Uh, which of the following authors did not write an alternate history in which the Axis won World War II? I'm not going to know a single one of these names except for Philip K. Dick. Isaac Asimov? Nope. Sorry, dude. Yep. Told you. Wow. Ray Bradbury. Okay, I know him. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. I do know that one. I do know him. <laughs> I'm not okay. the dumbest. Philip K. Dick. I know him. Yay. Dave Gibbons. Yeah. Comic. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't write this. He yeah. did the art for this. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that first dude. Just because I don't know him. Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Writer of the Foundation Trilogy. The guy who wrote the three laws of robotics. Literally like one of the defining minds behind science fiction. 
I mean, it's fair. You only learned how to read last year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that. No, I mean, it's also like, to be fair, Mm -hmm. I also didn't know. Did you know that Brandon Sanderson is considered the mind behind fantasy magic? No. Okay. There you go. My equivalent. Mm -hmm. I learned that after reading a book by him Mm -hmm. that he had like three rules. So kind of very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Is he referenced in iRobot? Do you remember? He wrote a short story called iRobot. That the movie, that the is, movie based is not based on in the slightest, but the movie uses his three laws of robotics in right. his title. That's, yeah, that's what I was asking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ray Bradbury is the answer. He did ah. not write one. Probably. So I guess Fahrenheit 451 was really just kind of a World War II thing, wasn't it? I mean, it's not really related. Well, because they were like burning. I thought they were. They do burn books. They don't burn books, which the Nazis did do. Yeah. So I guess it was just wasn't. No, it's just. Oh, okay. It's different. And that that book's more about people shouldn't be addicted to TV anyway. People should be addicted to to TV. Not if it's made in the High Castle. Yuck. Ooh, roasted. It should be Falcon and Winter Soldier. There we go. Brain experiment, a thought experiment. Hold on. We're going to get oh, into okay. it. Whoa. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think you know what I was going to ask. I probably don't. Okay. Hold on to it, though. I got to finish my stupid trivia and my little fun little tidbits. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Asimov wrote a short story, which I read actually just earlier today, uh, (laughs) called um, Living Space. It's a cool little sci-fi concept. Basically, multiple worlds theory. There's trillions of Earths and overpopulation is becoming a problem on Earth Prime. So what they do is uh, realtors sell you an entire version of Earth where life never started. So you own an entire uninhabited planet. You get your little suburban house. It's just in a bubble. You have to wear an oxygen tank if you go outside. And then there's a portal. So you can go back to regular Earth for your job. Huh. And then a man starts hearing weird rumbling noises. And so he he calls up the the people who sold him the house. And they come out and they, they go look around. And they discover some men doing some construction or some digging. And they ask him about it. And they're like, what's going on? And the guys are like, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? That was probably a really terrible pronunciation. No, th- actually, no. Oh. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I don't Where think I've ever go? said those words out loud before. <laughs> <laughs> Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Yeah. And it, it turns out that these guys are, um, the construction guys are uh, far distant future people uh, from an alternate world where the Nazis won. And they've also started populating these alternate worlds, uh, mining them for resources. Then they kind of just all get along. There's huh. a fun twist at the end, but I'll, I'll save that for people who want to read it. It's just a nice little 15-page short story. Huh. Kind of breezy, fun stuff. All right. uh, Ray Bradbury didn't write one. Uh, Philip K. Dick, of course, wrote Man in the High Castle. He did what? <clears throat> and Dave Gibbons wrote a story arc for Captain America uh, with an <clears throat> alternate history where the Nazis won uh, World War II. So that's kind of fun. All right. Question four. Which of the following characters does appear in the Man in the High Castle book? Chief Inspector Kido, Overscrupenfuhrer John Smith, Trade Minister Nobusuke Tagomi, or Joe Blake? I know it's not Joe, uh, John Smith. Okay. Because I did. I, I'm mostly confident it's not John Smith. Hmm. I'm also mostly sure it's not Kido. I think Joe Blake, but it's also like a super minor role, isn't it? Tagomi. Tagomi does appear. Oh, okay. Tagomi's actually one of the major characters. Oh, gotcha. Uh, There's a character named Joe Chinadella, 
um, that Blake is clearly modeled on. But is he a super minor character? No, he's. I mean, is there, there's like a, a character secondary sh- character. There's a character in the show that's just like in there for like a teeny bit, isn't there? There's a lot of characters in the show that are in it for a teeny bit. Oh, okay. That's. I, I mean, knew... not that come from the book necessarily. What? Not no, I mean, like, yeah. they were, they're in the show, like, mm-hmm. main characters in the show, but, like, they were in the book only for, like, a teeny bit. Oh. Because um... I've done, mm-hmm. like, whenever I'm watching a show or a movie that's based on a book, but then I don't actually ever care about reading the book, but mm-hmm. now I care about it, I'll, like, mm-hmm. I'll Google it and I'll see what their characters are like in the book and stuff like that. Yeah. Mostly completely different. Yeah. Just... Well, clearly. Yeah. We talked about it last week. Go listen to last week's episode. Yeah. Check it out. Anyway. That's, that's it. That's my four tri- trivia okay. questions. Episode what's over. The, what's the thing that you thought I was going to talk about? <laughs> well, I, I thought that we we're going to have to actually have kind of an interesting discussion about what really constitutes an alternate history because... Oh, I was going to talk about what if you consider miniseries on streaming services TV shows. Oh. Let's have that tangential discussion. I'm not very well prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you? Do you consider... Because streaming... Because TV... Okay. Well, I guess that's, that's the question. Do you consider many series that are exclusive to streaming services TV shows? Uh, yes, but it's more of a name thing than a true meaning thing. Okay. It's a convenient name that covered a lot of the bleed over as TV shows were moving into streaming services. Um, and I've never heard anyone call the Daredevil show a TV show. I they call it a show, but I mostly hear ser. I mean, like you can obviously go on the internet and find it, but oh god, I think broadly people just call them series or show. Daredevil the show. The title of the wikipedia article is daredevil parentheses tv TV series series. yeah but like no i mean i i get you i get what you're saying it just it it's yeah yeah i i still think of them as tv shows but i'll refer to them shorthand as shows or series series as needed um yeah i think that those are some blurred lines that'll be more like clearly defined in about 50 years yeah anyway Anyway, let's talk about why is it always Nazis? Well, first, what even is an alternate history? Oh, that's a good point. We were talking like, we about that first. I think it's pretty clear that Man in the High Castle is an alternate history. Posits a, a, um, a world in which the Nazis, the Axis won World War II. Um, I mean, look at the words. Okay. Alternate history. Okay. I think the, the crucial part of it is it is a thing that happened in the past, mm-hmm. but different. Okay. And I think what is, so for example, that 1937 one of speculating, that's mm-hmm. not alternate history right? because it's not history. I agree wholeheartedly. It's alternate future. And that's literally the opposite. <laughs> I, I agree entirely. <laughs> and if I were f- capable of feeling remorse, I'd feel very sorry for playing such a mean trick on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, but, you'd call that more speculative fiction, I guess. I think if you wanted to take it literally, even present day alternate Watchmen, for example, Mm -hmm. was written in the mid 80s Mm -hmm. about the mid 80s. Yep. 
that's not even really that alternate history because it's not history it's alternate present it was written as an alternate history though because it was written as an alternate history with the inciting incident that hooded justice shows up and beats up some dudes right but what i'm saying is that like this i guess it depends on the story Mm -hmm. because (sighs) history to me means exclusively past meaning okay but i mean this book was written in 1962 and talks about 1962 Ooh, good point so do you think do you think (laughs) do you think that it's worth having a distinguishment between alternate history and alternate present i think i think it really comes down more to function than to scope of the thing i guess yeah um because alternate history to me is there's some specific point in the past that's chosen as an offshoot. Right. Um, I mean, otherwise, literally any movie you could say, hey, this is like our world, except... Uh, there's Captain this... America exists. Well, that's actually kind of an interesting one. I, I want to circle back to that. But, okay. Um, like, okay, this is a real world. There's this woman that looks a lot like Frances McDormand, and she drives around in a, in a van. van. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a tiny alteration to... Well, that... that I mean, it's set... 10 years ago right or 12 years ago great recession no uh the i think the the thing got shut down in like 2017 2007 i don't know i guess that's the furiously googling over here (laughs) 2011 2011 okay um it's history at this point yeah that's true i mean but also I guess you have to look at what is, oh God, that's such a, because uh, alternate history is a subset of fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you applied that to everything, then every bit art, uh, piece of fiction is alternate history. Mm-hmm. Except for like sci-fi. Yeah. And fantasy yeah. where it's that literally just didn't, yeah. Like those things didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, almost in some sense, Lord of the Rings could be alternate history because it defines a mythology for what's supposed to be our world. Well, yeah. If I mean, we use if we use a loose definition. Right. I want and, to tighten that But also that definition a looking bit. at Nomadland, it's uh she doesn't exist in real life, therefore it's not uh mm-hmm. alternate history is the people that exist now, mm-hmm. how would they be different? It's not right. it's it's not creating a new entity, it's mm-hmm. shifting the existing entity yep. to reflect. So that's the difference between fiction and or that's what distinguishes alternate history from just straight fiction. Yeah. So and I, we, I think that's the point. You have some inciting incident in the past that causes a divergence. And right. sometimes this is literally like a multiple worlds kind of thing where you have one world where this happened and one world where this happened and we look at this one right but the point is the point of the whole story is hey this is this different world that's recognizable as ours it just went on a different trajectory what Mm -hmm. are those differences what are those similarities yeah i think i think that's the important point there yeah so that's that uh so i guess alternate history can include present day Mm -hmm. written stuff because i mean now it's history that's, that's the whole point it's looking at how the the intervening years would have been different yeah what point they would have led to so here's the question is captain america the first avenger alternate history i don't think so because i think that the inciting difference 
is rooted in pure fiction, not an alteration of existing things. Okay. So, for example, the the inciting incident in Man in the High Castle, I believe, is the assassination of JFK. No. FDR. FDR. Yes. Uh, uh, it was, was a real thing that happened, mm-hmm. but he did not. He survived. Yep. The alternate history is he didn't survive. Yep. That is a slight change in a reality thing mm-hmm. but with captain america it's literally the existence of a superhero serum that yeah. changes it therefore and hydra's it is, there and, and hydra yeah, yeah. and there's an ancient tesseract from the norse gods <laughs> yeah the more we think about it the more it's literally <laughs> just pure fiction yeah. no but like so I, I asked this in the first place because i googled alternate history movies and it was one of the, like the first five that popped up hmm. and i was like i'm a little skeptical there yeah i'm not sure about that i think the broader acceptance of what alternate history is is more flexible yeah but i mean you could do anything can be like fantasy like science fiction can be fantasy because the looking at the explicit word fantasy is literally just a idea of a fake reality yeah therefore fantasy so all fiction is fantasy (laughs) 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 not intending to blow your mind with that one but okay (laughs) boy all fiction is fantasy i like it I'm going to go into Barnes and Noble and just slap fantasy stickers over all the labels. (laughs) So it's not nonfiction. It's non-fantasy. Yeah. Boom. No, but I, the, yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely not. Okay. Look, we've got some sort of working definition here. Right. I I think the important thing is it's literally, it's almost conservation of mass or conservation of matter. Okay. Like it, is it the same circumstances, mm-hmm. but literally physically slightly different, not mm-hmm. just like the existence of a new thing, mm-hmm. uh, I think is what makes it critical to, to, cause the whole thing, uh, man in the high castle, FDR was assassinated. Therefore the people who went to the Manhattan project ended up actually going to Germany so mm-hmm. Germany got the nukes instead of America. It, it was a, it was a mm-hmm. resulting effect of literally just, I guess, a bullet going three inches different. Yeah, that's a wind shift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's alternate history, but you know the existence of the Tesseract. <laughs> yeah. Here's one last interesting question: Man in the High Castle TV show. Is that actually alternate history then? See, that is where you start getting into, um. Well, I guess, yeah. Okay, so the show is is that this thing exists, this thing happened in a different universe. Right. That is assuming the existence of the other universe. Yep. But we don't know if they don't exist. It's true. But There's, we do know that there is no mechanic to travel between them. Well, that we don't we know, know that the yet. Nazis wouldn't have discovered one in 1960, so I guess. That's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I think that we don't have the facts to know that it doesn't exist. Okay. That's, I mean... So, does it does it then actually hinge on whether it does exist or not? The multiverse? The multiple worlds? Well, then I think at that point, if we find out that the multiverse does exist, in the context that we... That is broadly accepted as the multiverse, mm-hmm. that there are literally infinite different versions of infinitely different realities, mm-hmm. then it's not alternate history. Then alternate history does not exist. It is literally just a biography of a different universe. That completely changes the genre. 
blowing my mind twice inside of three minutes here, man. Because it's a person writing a book or writing a biography about another person. It's not an alternate history of their own life. It's literally just a biography of a different person. We write a history book of a different mm-hmm. reality. That's not alternate history. That's just a biography of a different reality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. You're not. There's a there's a great story by Jorge Luis, Jorge Luis Borges uh, called The Library in Babel. Mm. Um, and it's an infinite library and there's books and there's some configuration for the book. It's such and such length, such Mm -hmm. and such number of words. And every single possible combination of letters exists in the books. It's like the idea that like you can find any sequence of numbers in pi, which is not explicitly speaking true. Right. Uh, But that kind of thing where literally everything all exists. Yeah. And so yeah, stories about people and they're like they go through and they're trying to search for meaning in the books and they try to find a book that tells them something true about the universe. The point being that it's just you all can the find books. whatever you want in there because yeah. Every, yeah, very interesting story. Yeah, really like it. Stuck with me. Okay, that that wraps up the the definitional question. Uh, why would you want to tell an alternate history story in the first place? What's the use? I think What's it's... the attraction. Why we've been doing it for two thousand years. I think it's ultimately thought experiment. Yeah. Just purely what if. It started out really as more of an academic pursuit. It has yeah. a, um, I don't, I'm not even remembering the term off the top of my head, but like a speculative history or something. Yeah. And it was academic up to like the 1800s. Yeah. I mean, that, that totally makes sense because I mean, you like, you have historians who are looking at present day and going, Hey, this is very similar to whatever happened in the past. Like understanding that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's academically, if you think about alternate histories, you think back to, so let's say right now what's happening politically is very reminiscent to a thing that happened in 1133 AD. For, what happened at 1133 AD? I don't know. AD? I'm giving random numbers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to explicitly go with the Trump being Hitler thing. Cause that's overused. And also a lot of differences. <laughs> um, so historians find things that are happening that are very similar to 11 and 1133. Mm-hmm. You could assume that it's going to follow the exact same trajectory and just say, Hey, history repeats itself. Yep. Or you could say, what happens if this thing's slightly different? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a thought experiment of almost, um, so what I'm looking for, uh, caution. Yeah. Like a cautionary tale of, mm, should it's it's a lot like that what happens if that happens differently Ooh, yeah. like and just it's oh i think it, academic uh, like it's mm-hmm. academically bracing for what could happen yeah um okay. and kind of saying like kind of telling the public this is something that could happen if something similar to like that happens if a fascist regime pops up mm-hmm and takes over the world this is what's going to happen yeah and a lot of things like that could just totally come down to chance yeah um i've been reading a really interesting book uh, with my parents actually um called thinking fast thinking slow um and it's about it's by daniel kahneman who's a nobel prize winning economist um and he does a lot of like behavioral economy economics and psychology and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and the section we've been reading about is that people are really good at generating narratives post facto from data they've been given mm-hmm. and sometimes the narratives don't exist and so um you'll get people and they'll something random will happen i'm sure there are people who predicted going into 2020 um there's going to be a global pandemic and 
those people afterwards will say, yeah, I connected all the dots. I saw it happening. And there'll be people after the fact that had no idea it was coming that'll say, oh yeah, it should have been obvious in retrospect. Yeah. Um, there's a famous story, one that comes up in the book that um, in like July, 2001, someone brought some information to president uh, or to found some information that Al Qaeda was planning some sort of large scale terror attack. Um, and they brought it to um, one of the cabinet secretaries instead of directly to, to Bush. And a right. commentator afterwards said, if you have the information that is going to be the world changing event, I think you take that straight to the president, which misses the point. You don't know what it's going to be ahead of time. Right. You don't know what tiny little factor could yeah. could change that. You could have two literal people going, I have the, all the evidence that it's going to happen and two history or two people or another person saying, I have all the evidence saying a completely different thing which one's the yeah the thing yeah and sometimes there is no narrative there's no obvious yeah. evidence for things going to happen things just kind of happen sometimes yeah yeah um it's a bit of a tangent but alternate histories kind of get you thinking about that a little bit like just yeah. the, the fragility of of the way things are yeah it's not an inevitability it's not a i mean that's a whole butterfly effect thing yeah literally just what's because it was uh what was the story that you said last time when we were talking about time travel like what the actual butterfly the butterfly wasn't there for the bird to eat which wasn't oh, there for the yeah uh sound of thunder ray bradbury yeah bringing him back because he doesn't have because he doesn't have a, a thing in yeah. alternate history uh, although it's sort of an alternate Ooh, ooh! except he's in the bad... future huh he's in the future so oh. and also the question specifically asked alternate history where the nazis won that's fair. Oh, two. that's so, true ha Shut that right down. All right. Yeah, but steps on a butterfly in the distant past in the Cretaceous, and it triggers massive changes. Yeah. Which is not where the butterfly effect term comes from. Right. But just it's a good example. Coincidence. Yep. Why Nazis? So why always Nazis? What's your boring answer? Because I'm curious if it's the same as mine. Uh, I mean... If we assume that the starting point of an alternate history is going to be some divergence in the timeline, which will cause big changes, World War II is kind of the biggest event that's most recent in our cultural memory. That's an obvious one to change. Uh, I'm going to build on to that. Cool. Um, yeah, it's uh, like you, you had World War One was the Great War. Yep. But it was really just like a whole bunch of countries being really pissed at a whole bunch of other countries. Please fact check me on that. Like if you want to, it mm-hmm. it's an oversimplification. Um, really not that great of a war. All things considered <laughs> pretty overrated as wars go. It's <laughs> <God. laughs> that insensitive. Uh, World care. War two had, in my opinion, and I feel like in a lot of people's opinions, one very specific bad guy. Yep. Like it was the Nazis. Yep. That's like world war one. I, I mean, you had, oh, Germany was, on the bad quote unquote bad side. I don't really know the political lead up and things of world war one as much because all we learn about is world war two because America came in and st- you know, American education, we came in and stomped all over Japan with some nukes and then shut the whole thing down. So yeah, America. Um, but it's Hitler is, worldwide culturally accepted as basically the worst person in history. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's such an easy one to, if you're going to, if you're going to write a story about a bad guy that won, mm-hmm. um, 
there's no one better to use as the bad guy that won Mm -hmm. than someone that everyone agrees was a horseshit person and knows about him. Yeah. Uh, Because you can go back to Genghis Khan, sure. Sure. But a lot of people don't really know a whole lot about him. But also, the Mongolians still revere him. So you lose an entire... uh, It's the same reason that Assassin's Creed, the video game franchise, doesn't go to China. Mm -hmm. It's because they're afraid of losing that market. Mm -hmm. You can go with... uh, um, What's the person I'm thinking of? Uh, It starts with a C. Greek or Roman. Caligula? Caligula! Yes! Wow, weird. Go me. (laughs) Caligula. But even I didn't remember his name. Yeah. But he was a bad dude. Probably. I think. I don't know why I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) You could just, I mean, you could literally choose so many historical evil people, but Mm -hmm. it's just, you, you spend more time reminding people or teaching people what they did Mm -hmm. in order to change it. Mm -hmm. Also, it is recent. Like you mentioned, it's recent. So you have, you only have 80 years to build on that history. Mm Mm-hmm rather than Genghis Khan yeah, or Attila the Hun. You've got literally <laughs> centuries and centuries of, of history to like change and catch up and stuff. It's like a laziness <laughs> almost. Well, yeah. And you, you've also just got more reliability of sources. And, right. Yeah. So I think that's, that's why it's always Nazis. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of the easy answer. Yeah. It's the, it's they're kind easy of the, to hate. It's the cleanest knife edge where the world was, in the battle between good and evil. Yeah. And it, it's really easy to just push it to the other side and kind of see what happens there. I mean, even I, myself, I have this uh, concept idea that like the Nazis did actually win. Mm-hmm. Like they were winning on the battlefield and with physical might. And literally the allies just changed tactic and propagandized the entire world into thinking they lost. And that's why Hitler committed suicide <laughs> is he was like, I can't, I can't beat this. I don't have the propaganda infrastructure to fight literally the entire Western society saying I lost. The internet trolls bullied him into submission. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's basically that. Like America just says we won and all Americans like, yeah, we won. Hell yeah. And Hitler's like, no, I was winning. I won at Normandy. What is going on? <laughs> so like my, I just came up with an alternate history thing forever ago and it, it was the Nazis because that's the mm-hmm. easy, that's the easy one to go so to. So easy. Well, that was a really boring answer to your question, Carter. Yeah. I mean, we did fill some time. I think we're at yeah. how much time we got? No, and I got, we, we got more we can talk about here, oh, but um, cool. yeah, no, I just, I want to go through a few different examples. Of, Absolutely. Of let's stuff. do so it. There's, there's man in the high castle. That's kind of the big high profile one been on everyone's right. mind recently. Um, there was the Isaac Asimov story I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movie in, uh, gosh, I want to say early sixties, um, called it happened here, um, made for like $20,000 budget, shoestring mm-hmm. budget, black and white British movie about, uh, if, if the Nazis invaded the British Isles, um, Wolfenstein, the video game franchise. Video game, yeah. yeah. Have you played any of those? Uh, I've not. I need to. Yeah. Carter loved them. Maybe why he was thinking of it. Probably. And I think that one works really well as an alternate history. Also you can... Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Actually, yes. If you want to go with the German pronunciation. Do you know the, how to do that? You know what the trick is with German E-I-I-E? I don't know any German. Uh, if you ever see a German word that's got E-I or I-E, mm-hmm. pronounce the second one. So Frankenstein is actually Frankenstein mm-hmm. because the second letter is E. 
That's why when you were like, when you say Z, Sprechen Sie Deutsch, mm-hmm. Z is S-I-E. Oh. Pronounce the second one. Always pronounce the second one. And then dry. Eins, zwei, drei. Drei, yeah. And dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't recognize it. Drei. Hola, mi amigo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah, Wolfenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein. 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 How's it spelled? It is E-I. Wolfenstein, yeah. Yeah, Wolfenstein. Uh, which I probably should have done a little more research on, but I forgot it existed <laughs> until this morning. So, <laughs> sorry, Garter. That's okay. <laughs> I don't play video games. It's my oh, fault. you don't? Yeah. Yeah, no, there's lots of examples. I mean, I could sit here and list examples all night, but yeah. it's it's been a really popular thing. Um, it's kind of an interesting mix, though. Um, you get very serious, very grim ones. Man in the High Castle being kind of the uber example mm-hmm. there. I'm just, I'm becoming German. <laughs> yes join the group Niet Tavarish. all right suddenly Nemetsky. fun fact in in russian uh Nemetsky, um german is literally like the ones who don't talk because they thought they were mute because they couldn't understand them. oh my god that is hilarious you know what the german word for uh birth control is i do but i want to hear you say it anyway Auntie baby pilly Pilla, pilla, pilla. Sorry if any German people are listening. I did definitely go pilly. Whoopsies. I took a little bit of German. Yeah. I know some German. This is why I ask you the pronunciation questions. Yes. And I know this. Um, what was I talking about? Uh, you said grim, but the, like a grim alternate histories mm-hmm. of when Nazis won. But then I also, that reminded me immediately of uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Hmm. Where, like, the alternate history yeah. with Hitler dying, but in all comedic different ways. Yes. All of them had to do with Hitler dying, mm-hmm. but, like, better than suicide, being shoved in a in a jello and suffocating to death. Yep. That was one of them. That's a good show. They're making season two. I know! We have a trailer! Yeah! I didn't watch it. Oh. I haven't seen all of the it's, first ones. I mean, the problem with, with something like that with an anthology series is a trailer means absolutely jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So there are alternate histories that treat it with more of a, a lighthearted or almost absurd tone. I'm thinking of Iron Sky. You know that one? Uh, it's 2012, I want to say. Um, I watched the second half of it over someone's shoulder on an airplane once without just reading the subtitles. Oh, that sounds like a terribly boring airplane ride i don't even think the subtitles were on you just read lips just, just read like, lips <laughs> kind of going based off that's kind of how i read static shock back when i read that is like i didn't actually read the, i just kind of looked at the pictures every few pages and kind of understand what the plot was going yeah remember that yeah remember reading one page of it you remember that I you vomited. read you read one yes you did Literally. all over the all over my phone because i bought the digital version mm-hmm that's not actually true. That's not, no. Moving we on. We made up that story. It's an alternate history. Could have happened. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, there are, there are some that treat... So Iron Sky, uh, the premise is the Nazis didn't lose. They retreated to a secret base on the dark side of the moon um, and have build, building the, the new Reich back there and are going to come back and invade Earth. Um, and they also decided to work some satire in there because uh, the, the president is super clearly like a, a Sarah Palin caricature. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so, yeah, the Nazis try to invade from space and the, the Earthlings try to stop them. And it's it's goofy. It's campy. It's uh, they're they're having a lot of fun with it. That's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from the yeah. grim, sobering realities of Man in the High Castle, which is a lot about just like the day to day, just the 
the interesting concept of of Japanese being interested in sort of the quote unquote indigenous art of America, mm-hmm. meaning like the the American culture that it's developed over the past four hundred years, not the hundreds of years before yeah. that. Um, that's just fascinating to me, and it's a huge part of the book. Yeah, it's a surprising amount of the book is them talking about different qualities of jewelry and how this jewelry is just an ugly lump of metal but it speaks to you <laughs> i mean i mean look at art like jackson pollock paintings is just splatters and it speaks to you but it it has woo art is dumb objectively yes so here's a question here's an answer this is an interesting question uh there's a book and I'm blanking on the title. It's um, uh, The World Hitler Never Made. Um, I don't remember the subtitle. It's uh, basically a big academic survey of a whole bunch of these different alternate histories dealing specifically with the Third Reich. Um, and the guy at the end kind of comes to the conclusion that maybe this is not a good thing we should be doing, all these alternate histories. I was vaguely uh, formulating a question to ask you the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what, what's what's his... like? Because now we both want to ask each other the same question. This is not a good place to be. Uh, I want to so, flip a coin on who answers it first. No, I'll, I'll go. Um, I'll, I'll discuss his point at least. Um, so his his point kind of in broad strokes, I didn't read the... It's like a 550-page book. Oh, God. I skimmed some chunks. <laughs> um, but his, his point is kind of... It's a... It's in some sense a distraction almost um, or a desensitization um, or a normalization. Um, it's I mean, it's almost never played as like a pure fantasy. Oh, the Nazis won and life is great under the right. the infinite Reich or whatever. You almost never see that. I mean, you never see it in mainstream culture. You probably see it in certain unsavory white supremacists it's like always negative it's always look at this look at this bummer life we could have had yeah but it's sometimes it's negative in the sense of iron sky it's just cartoon villains from space yeah um and he he's like this kind of distracts from the actual real life horrors It, it takes away and it blurs the it blurs the truth in the cultural understanding yeah it wasn't like it it applies to World War II and the Holocaust of victory, mm-hmm. which broadly or like surface level seems good. We beat the Nazis, but no one won. Like so many people died. Yeah. Both because of the Holocaust and also in war yep. during World War II. And it just kind of like it, it makes it seem like it was a game yeah, that was just it was like a like a football game, and just what happens if the other team just won? Yeah, and it's like there's no consequences of what actually happened. That's a really good and depressing point about <laughs> alternate histories. Yeah, I kind of disagree with him. I don't know why. That's kind of my instinctive reaction here. I was I was gonna ask you like uh, my kind of my version of the question is like, do you think these are worth having? I I think they are. I and I think you have to take the the good with the bad. Um, and I'm not even going to say that something like iron sky is just bad. We toss it out or something like Wolfenstein where you just, you get your kicks mowing down Mecha Hitler. Right. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of goofy. I think the new games are a little more serious in tone, but, um, they're still super gratuitous. You get to murder Nazis with a machine gun. That's the whole, that's the whole point. That's the fun. And 
it's again it's these are the like the clearest defined villains we can take from real life right um but yeah no i think i think that you you have to take the good with the um and again i don't want to say bad necessarily i don't want it, this to come off as a broad critique of unserious alternate histories because i think that there's value in that um but yeah maybe we can just call them serious and unserious yeah um similar to how we're not saying like enlightened and unenlightened people who watch movies it's critical it's just different types yep i'm thinking it you all know i'm thinking it (laughs) i'm enlightened you're not (laughs) we all know you're pompous (laughs) yeah um yeah no i i i think that it's it is important to have these. I think for one thing, it's just, it's a useful thought exercise. It's a mm-hmm. useful vehicle for thinking about the world and for thinking about human nature. That's one thing I think the show Man in the High Castle does very well is it gets, it. it's kind of all built towards season four. Some of these character moments, especially with Smith, where he's put in the place of his, um, his alt world self. Right. And you're kind of trying to come to this, this conclusion. You're trying to understand um who you are and determining that it's kind of flexible right like who you are is completely a result of your experiences largely i mean there are three lines there and that's kind of what they're getting at well i think the um more specifically with man in the castle Mm -hmm. this is more of a personal opinion on the way humans are i i view humans as just giant fleshy machines that everything we are is just a result of training okay um and what john smith real quick spoilers for season four we're gonna spoil season four uh what john smith was in alt world and actual world uh they were similar because of the fact that he had the same experiences up to world war ii Mm mm-hmm uh, so he still had similar personalities of the way he was raised. Okay. Um, and just, it's just diverged because, you know, your developmental period, your mm-hmm. 18 years is yeah. just you experiencing stimuli and it forms the way that you react to things. Mm-hmm. And so his was the same up to World War II. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that he's like, that like, regardless of what the world is like, he's similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, regardless of the, what the world is like... It, as long as it diverges from the same point, he's similar. Right. So, okay, that's fair. I'm going to push back. I mm-hmm. think kind of philosophically it's, I, I like your machine framework, but I think of it, you have genetic hardware and that kind of sets a baseline and then your experiences add software to that. Um, and so that's the divergence. This is going to get really philosophical and almost spiritual. I hate it. Do you believe in souls? I haven't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't which is really it's a, this is gonna get very mm-hmm. personal i apologize to anyone who doesn't give a shit about my spiritual personal opinions uh i struggle with it in my faith a lot that i mm-hmm. like i don't really believe in a soul um but i i but i do believe that everyone like i believe that everyone's person mm-hmm. but i don't believe that there's something that the moment you're born determines the way you are in any way wait academy award-winning feature animated feature love the movie so much is not a documentary (laughs) (laughs) i love that movie that is one of my favorite movies that's a nine like that's pushing 10 it's great it's it 
it crushes my soul to not make it a 10, but it's just because it's like, it's, it's just just under there. There's that special sauce that it just um, doesn't quite have. Uh, but it's just, that's just not, it's something that, uh, I just, it's, it's weird. It's, it's mm-hmm. really weird because I also struggle with the, with the, any idea of an afterlife. Yeah. Like if there is no soul, if we are literally just, if our, if literally the way we are is literally just, I keep saying literally because I mean literally, mm-hmm. uh, just the way that our brain, our chemicals react to certain stimuli in certain ways. Mm-hmm when our brain shuts down that all of that goes away mm-hmm. completely in yeah. my brain. So I'm like, what's, but then that's where you find that fine line of sorry to get really spiritual. This is fun. I'm this kept this. going. Uh, <laughs> uh, that shifts my, it shifts away from religion in being, I am a good person because, or I try to be a good person mm-hmm. because God tells me so, so I can get into heaven. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a little bit more in line with Lutheranism that we are. Yeah. That it's just be a good person. Yeah. Like our uh, Lutherans mostly believe, do believe officially mm-hmm. that we, that Jesus died for our sins. We're going to heaven mm-hmm. because of that. We should be good. We should live mm-hmm. righteous, righteously. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm kind of like that. I'm like, I don't, really believe in an afterlife but that regardless of that i'm still mm-hmm. going to be a good person like mm-hmm. it's we've got the time where he like we're here be happy like enjoy life and treat people well and you'll be happier and stuff like that it's just, it's it's more of just like the presence on earth that is my be righteous rather than my desire to go to heaven because mm-hmm. i don't kind of particularly believe in that that was inspiring. I'm sorry my laptop was freaking <laughs> through it. <laughs> nah, it was just, it was, it was agreeing. It was like, yeah! <laughs> I hope the laptop picked up so people understand what, what yeah, he's talking about there. His laptop fan really just going. keeps like ramping up. Yeah. What a bizarre tangent for that was, alternate history. No, that was fun. That was, that was good. That was... Gage, cut all of that out. Please don't. <laughs> Uh, I think it was, I think it was, it was kind of relevant. I mean, I think it it, it can be tied into mm -hmm. a huge thing about alternate histories is human nature. Yeah. Why people do things. Mm -hmm. And, um, specifically with like your mention with John Smith in the show is putting yourself in a different situation. How do you act differently? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, Mm -hmm. It can very loosely be tied to our conversation. The more I started thinking about it, the less I had to say about how it ties in. So I stopped talking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. I've got a fun little exercise we can do here. I love we exercises. Up. So if everyone's doing Nazis, what can we do instead? <laughs> everyone's, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> everyone's doing Nazis. Here's a good one. Okay. Uh, it is very America centric. Okay. Um, I think. Tying back to why we choose Nazis mm-hmm. is because it's a global change. Yep. Um, I have a different idea that I'm going to go into in a second. Okay. Uh, 9-11. Hmm. How so? I believe, and I feel like it's pretty well accepted, that 9-11 brought the country together very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in everyone just kind of going, 
yeah, let's go across the Atlantic and show them who's boss. Kind of like just mm-hmm. kind of the whole country kind of. Yeah. A lot of people like, you know, anti-war, which is totally fine. But sure. it was a kind of a general, more accepted. Let's do this. And that's yeah. why there was not a huge uproar about the Patriot Act and like kind of mm-hmm. a slight violation of personal privacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, TSA amping up just it so much happened as a result of 9-11 yeah. that I feel like America would be very different. Like, I feel like who would have been elected in 2016 if you didn't have xenophobia so prevalent in the United States? Who had been elected in 2004? Yeah, who didn't, like, in 2008, like, literally everyone mm-hmm. from 9-11, I, I feel like that is a very, um, it's America-centric because yeah. it's something that happened very specifically to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of did lead to, lead to, uh the gulf war right when was the gulf war 91 was that oh crap okay never mind uh what's the quote-unquote war that happened right after like the name of it i mean just the war on terror i guess yeah people need to stop using the word war i'm tired of it vietnam war wasn't a war (laughs) not in the conventional sense right there's no declaration of war it was a conflict anyway um so that one for america Mm -hmm. Which I think would be interesting. Yep. Uh, I think we're still seeing Trump was a very good example of the result of 9-11 because of the xenophobia that became so prevalent. And like you make that argument yeah. a subset of Republicans becoming very, very xenophobic and that becoming more prevalent. Yeah, um, I think that's a I think it's a less clearly defined point than you might think it is. But I, I think it, it's it's a result. I think it's uh, maybe it has anyway. Um the pandemic mm-hmm. is a global thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder to identify something that changes with yeah. the pandemic. Um, I think maybe it could have literally been like, well, we'll see in 10 years. That's why I yeah. believed that I didn't think that there was going to be a world war two ang- uh, alternate history until after people saw results. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still fair. in the middle of it, yep. but in 10 years we might be able to look back and go, Oh, Oh, this was a very clear thing we could have done differently. Yeah. What if, what if pandemic never happened? What if it was literally, we saw it in, was it Wu? No. Wuhan. Wuhan. We saw mm-hmm. it in Wuhan and shut that shit down immediately. Mm-hmm. What would the world be like? Like, what would America be like? Yeah. A lot of people turned away from Trump because of his ability, inability mm-hmm. to recover. Mm-hmm would he have more votes and therefore have won things that happen from here on out? Like why lots of potential, interesting, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be one we could see, Mm -hmm. but, but it's, that's one. Well, cause all of them, all of the world war two ones are what happens if Hitler won. It's a, it's a one difference, right. But spanning out in different ways. Right. So I guess you could focus in on any, on different points of the world yeah. if the pandemic never happened. And I think I think in the case of World War II, it's a much clearer, it's a binary choice. It's not event, non-event. Right. It's 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 event one way or the other, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why a lot of these in actual fiction come down to wars. Yeah. Um. The probably the second most popular is what if the Confederacy had won the Civil War? Civil yeah. War. Um, is that really that popular? I mean, it's a distant second, but it is, it is second place. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a single one of those. There, there are a few out there. Okay. Um, Benioff and Weiss of Game of Thrones Infamy 
were slated to work on an alternate history mm. uh, confederacy, but that has since been quietly retired. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, season eight. <laughs> yeah. And also seven and six to an extent. And kind of some of five. Um, and you could really start to see the cracks as far back as four or three if you were newer to look. Stop. But I'm I'm, develop, <laughs> I'm developing I'm developing a post facto narrative here based on information that that's true might not have been yeah I mean it could easily have been a, a different trajectory. It's like every relationship that falls apart, like every boyfriend girlfriend or mm-hmm. I guess significant other relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be like, oh, I saw the cracks falling apart months ago. No, you didn't. Yeah. You. I <laughs> Although, mean, sure, you can see something that could have been a sign, but you didn't. It's, like, Although I have totally been in a relationship where literally everybody saw the like saw it not happening, and it went on about six months longer than it definitely should have. Yeah, people literally talked to me about <laughs> getting out of it, <laughs> so I know that those they did see those cracks. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, all right. And got any other interesting flashpoints of history we can we can diverge with here? Flashpoints. How many nope. points do I get for that one? Z- negative oh. negative 1945 <laughs> good answer shall we we probably better shall <sighs> thanks everyone for listening to us uh mostly go on tangents i had a lot of fun with this tangent, one but it was it was really tangential there's an alternate there's an alternate version of this where it went really well and was really focused and we talked pretty much entirely about nazis doesn't that sound fun <laughs> Uh, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Uh, look forward to next week. We'll be doing some what you've been up to in news now that we're doing this new alternating structure. And then the week after that, what's our next topic we've got coming up? Do you know off the top of your head? I'm oh, going to try to vamp a little bit while I pull up the Google Drive. Currently, possibly an idea of who done it better uh, with a guest, A.K. Weichel. Ah. depending on her schedule. Okay. Uh, she's very, very slammed with work right now. So of course. Might not happen, but the idea is to talk about uh, um, defending Jacob versus the undoing, which I'm halfway through. Oh, I probably got to watch those then. Yeah, you should. Okay. Or, oh, no, you should definitely watch it. It's going to be really hard to yeah. have that conversation with you just not knowing what's going on. Yep. Um. So yeah, we'll talk about like kind of who done it, mysteries, murder mm-hmm. mystery kind of stuff like that. Bringing probably knives out might yes. be a good one to bring in, but mostly comparing the two of them because they're very similar. They're both miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the undoing on? Uh, HBO Max. Cool. So yeah, yeah. So that might be the next one. Uh, cool. An episode two weeks from now. Uh, it could also not at all be that. All right. Depending on scheduling, we'll see. I'm It'll getting my bourbon. We'll have a good time. Uh. Yeah, uh, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Sound... Nope. Uh, Facebook and Twitter. I mean, we are on SoundCloud. We are on SoundCloud, but I already said it. <laughs> we're on Facebook and Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram, also that same, at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, check out our highlights, because Preston, at this point, will have remembered to have put some stuff on there. Totally. I think that was one more have than it should have been, but I'm not going back. I'm not fixing it. Alternate histories. Alternate histories. Uh, we've got a YouTube. We do little shortened video versions of these episodes. So if uh, if you've got a friend and they just want kind of the condensed version, don't want to listen to all our ramblings and tangents, maybe you don't want to listen to our ramblings and tangents, send them that way. We're on YouTube. We do little visual humor bits. I got up and I stood behind the curtain earlier. It was great, but you missed it because you're an audio listener. It wasn't that good. 
I thought it was pretty good. Preston's over here crushing my dreams. Uh, we got a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where you can let us know about all the glaring historical inaccuracies we've made here. Um, and Emily should really let us know who would win, Rome or Alexander the Great. <laughs> the entire empire of Rome versus <laughs> one Greek dude. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.